Do I have the real estate agent for you? First of all, listen carefully. Now, as I'm sure you're aware, is the absolute best time to sell your home. Low inventory, still low rates, unheard of prices going for homes. Most homes go for for above asking price. You need to call Ann Dresser Coker. Ann Dresser Coker at 303-229-6464. That's 303-229-6464. Why? Because she's the best. It's that simple. Once again, voted the number one real estate person by sales in Denver. She's number one in 5280. Everywhere you look, she is at Live Sotheby's. Give her a call at 303-229-6464. She sold over 150 homes last year alone. She loves what she does. She has repeat customers because of that. She's the best. And you want to go with the best. You want to maximize your profits. Now's the time to sell your home. If you're on the other side, if you're a buyer, give her a call as well. Again, it's Ann Dresser Coker, 303-229-6464 at Live Sotheby's. Steel is the best as well. S-T-I-H-L. They're internationally renowned for their products. And there's been a big push for battery-operated steel products. And I've been on board with battery-powered steel products for a number of years. And you should as well because they have uh, great tools from trimmers to blowers to the biggest chainsaws you'll find. It's not just uh, weekend warriors like us. It's also the professionals uh, that use steel around the globe. STIHL, you'll find a dealer around the corner from you because there's more than 10,000. They have electric, if that's your thing. They still have naturally gas powered as well. But you got to check out their battery powered products. Go to steelusa.com or steeldealers.com and you'll be blown away by the number of choices you have. Again, it's STIHL, steeldealers.com. This week on the Drew Goodman Podcast, the Rockies' massive off-season acquisition. It, it does feel real right now, putting on the purple every day, and, and uh, I like what I'm seeing. Chris Bryant, who said he wanted to be here in Colorado. You know, I don't know Nolan or Trevor's situation, you know, very well. You know, I'm sure those guys are going to be happy where they are, and I'm happy where I am. And, you know, that, that's the greatest thing of getting to this point in my career and fighting so hard to get to free agency is you get to choose, and um, I chose the Rockies. And Drew has a Rockies bullpen tutorial that every Rocks fan needs before opening day. Subscribe to the Drew Goodman Podcast wherever you find podcasts, and please keep telling your friends. This is the Drew Goodman Podcast. Welcome in, everybody. Coming to you from Scottsdale, Arizona, and it is program number 143. Just got done televising on AT&T Sportsnet, the Rockies, and uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. Two two games to the ninth, and then things didn't go so well. Arizona hit three home runs in the ninth inning. Uh, Jordan Sheffield had a little bit of a rough ride, and the Rockies fell 9-2 to two as we are just days away from the season opener against the Dodgers on Friday at Coors Field. Have I told you before how much I love spring training? It's gorgeous down here in Scottsdale. So I'm actually sitting now on one of the backfields of the Rockies in their gorgeous complex and kind of chatting with you. So it's a good thing. A couple things I got to get off my chest, first of all. Guys who shouldn't be fighting. Number one, Hollywood stars. What on earth was Will Smith thinking? 
He went from one second laughing at the joke by Chris Rock, albeit somewhat at the expense of his wife. And then he saw his wife's reaction and she wasn't as pleased. And he goes on stage and he slaps Chris Rock. Dude, you can't do that. If you felt that the joke was so out of bounds, and that's what comedians do, and Will Smith's done stand-up comedy in the past, you go up to him backstage at an after party and say, hey, you were out of bounds. You don't do it as he did it. I had to weigh in because everybody else has weighed in. So that's my Will Smith thing. More importantly, and something I care far more about in terms of guys fighting who shouldn't, Nathan McKinnon. Come on, man. You're one of the three greatest hockey players on the planet. It is Stanley Cup trophy or bust again for the avalanche. And if you're not available, it's going to be more likely bust. I admire your toughness, your grit, your willing to support your teammates, the fact that you can be physical and edgy. Love all those characteristics. Leave the fighting to McDermott. That's his role. Ain't your role. I don't even like it when Gabe Landeskog drops the gloves. And I know he's good at it, and he's a captain, and he's a power forward. I get all that. You can't win a cup if you're missing your top players. It's one thing if they get hurt during a game in a legitimate, if you will, way. You can't have McKinnon breaking his hand on somebody's half shield. You can't have him, as happened to Adam Deadmarsh years ago, getting concussed in a fight and then is out. Ultimately cut Deadmarsh's career short. You can't do it. Wayne Gretzky didn't fight. There were guys, you know, Marty McSorley took care of that. Sidney Crosby, they don't fight. Again, I admire his toughness. I admire him wanting to stand up for Miko Rantanen, though the hit on Rantanen was a clean hit. You just can't do it. You cannot fight if you're Nathan McKinnon. Because ultimately, if you think about it, as much as he was trying to do the team thing there, he would hurt his team so much more by being out for a prolonged period if he got hurt, which he did. How long? Still to be determined. All right, had to get that off my chest. Will Smith, Nate McKinnon, two guys shouldn't be fighting. Baseball. Albert Pujols, back with the St. Louis Cardinals where it all began. I mean, is this not the appropriate way for Albert to uh, have his swan song in a Cardinal uniform where he's a hero? I mean, that's the way it should be, right? Goes to the Angels in the West Coast and then the Dodgers for the last decade. So his 22nd year. We'll be back where it all began, and he can finish his Hall of Fame career in St. Louis with the birds on his chest. That's appropriate. We're at spring training, right? The Rockies, as we tape this, have literally just a handful of days left down here in this abbreviated spring training. And uh, the first good news, everybody's healthy, knock on wood, as we tape this. Everybody's healthy, and everybody uh, you know, is raring to go. It has been accelerated, the process of getting ready to go. I think the starting pitchers have been affected the most. Bullpen guys are are getting their stuff done, and they're really training to be, you know, one-inning guys, most of the guys in the bullpen. Some of the long-haul guys are a little bit different. Uh, But the starters will probably be 
a start or so shy of where they'd normally be. I was talking to Buddy Black about this. So instead of, you know, going six pit, six innings and around 90 pitches in your final spring training start, it'll be more like five innings and 75, which means in their first regular season start, you're going to see a quicker hook. You're not going to see guys typically, maybe Max Scherzer's different. I saw he already threw six innings uh, in a spring training start uh, the other day for the Mets. But most guys, I think you're going to see five and fly that first time uh, through the rotation. I don't think it'll be any different uh, for the Rockies. I wanted to talk about the bullpen today. Last year, rough ride for the Rockies bullpen, as we know. It's been a, a tough couple of years. The Rockies had 30 blown saves. There were only two teams in the National League that blew more saves. Sometimes that's a stat that's misleading because it's not just the ninth inning. It's not like they blew 30 leads in the ninth inning. If, you know, in the seventh inning, the Rockies are up two to one and the guy who comes in, in the seventh uh, gives up a run and it's a 2-2 game, that counts as a blown save, even though that pitcher wasn't in line to get a save. He would get a hold. Hey, he held the score at two to one. But the Rockies have to improve clearly uh, in that area. The one thing that is for me a positive when you look at the bullpen because the only difference in that pen is the addition of Alex Colome who is a veteran guy who had kind of a so-so year with Minnesota last year but more than 150 saves in his career he's been an all-star he's seasoned he's comfortable pitching in the ninth inning is they have a lot of guys with the stuff to protect leads I mean, there are teams out there that are short. I mean, they got to rely on, you know, three guys, and and, and if anybody falters, uh, it's problematic. The Rockies have guys like Daniel Bard, who struggled against lefties last year, but is really a tough at bat for righties. Can he improve against lefties? I think so. I mean, he rolls out of bed throwing 97 to 99 miles an hour with that, with that vicious slider. We know he's protected leads in the past. He lost his closers job. But that's another guy that you count on late in games. Carlos Estevez, who's been in and out of the closer role in his career, still a young arm, still a power arm. Robert Stevenson, a lot of upside there. Former number one pick, comes in the trade last year from Cincinnati. Clean delivery, you know, mid to upper 90s with a good breaking ball. Tyler Kinley, who the final couple of months of last season was really good. You know, wipeout slider. It's going to walk some guys because he's got a violent delivery. You also have, uh, even though he had a rough day today, Jordan Sheffield, who showed a lot of promise last year, a Rule 5 selection from the Dodgers. Lucas Gilbreth on the left side really made strides last year. My point being is there are a number of candidates and a multitude of guys who you say have the stuff to pitch six, seven, eight, and ninth inning to protect a lead. Now it's a matter of can most of those guys, because you never have across the board, everybody's rolling at the same time. It's great if that were to occur. But can most of those guys put together, you know, really good seasons? That will help the Rockies make a large step in terms of forward, in terms of wins and losses. What's the old line about bullpens? Bullpens are manager's best friend, right? You have a good bullpen, you have a chance to really win games. Because most major league games are not blowouts. Most major league games are one or two run affairs. Can you protect leads late? We know with the rotation, 
rotation is always, uh, at least the last few years, among the leaders in the National League in quality starts, which surprises everybody when they hear that, given the fact that the Rockies play half their games at altitude. So can the bullpen really make a nice step forward? I think there are enough arms there that that's a strong possibility. And if not, it's going to be, you know, a year where the Rockies are south of 500 again. That bullpen has to be improved, um, and uh, we'll see how it how it rolls out. But you like the arms, and you like the fact that a lot of these guys are young, so they're still getting seasoned. Uh, and they bring in a veteran in Alex Colomay who's been there, done that. And is also, quite frankly, looking to bounce back a little bit because his numbers last year in Minnesota were down a little bit. And you know that I feel that most relievers historically outside of like a Mariano Rivera are good year, not so good year, good year, not so good year. A lot of these guys bounce back. So I wanted to kind of summarize where the Rockies were uh, with their bullpen as this season is uh, literally uh, days away. The big splash the Rockies made, as you are aware, in the offseason was the signing of free agent Chris Bryant. A versatile player, a guy who could play third, he can play first, he can play left, he can play center, he can play right. Buddy Black, uh, almost instantaneously after the signing came out, he said he's going to be our everyday left fielder. It's not, though, out of the realm of possibility that you see him at some of the other places periodically. And you have to have defensive versatility in the game today. And Chris Bryant provides that in addition to a perennial all-star middle-of-the-order bat. Let me give you a little history if you haven't studied up on Chris Bryant. This is a dude that has been good at everything, seemingly. Kind of pisses you off, right? From from Jump Street in his life. And he's as humble as a day is long, which makes it even a greater story, but probably frustrating when you were competing against him. Nicest guy, and he's better than me, right? We'll talk a little bit about this with Chris. He was second in his class uh, in high school academically at Bonanza High School in Las Vegas. You've heard that he grew up with you know, Joey Gallo, close friends with Bryce Harper, played quite a bit with uh, Bryce growing up. That was a pretty good one-two tandem on the old travel ball team, huh? He had 47 home runs in high school, 47 home runs in high school. Gets drafted out of high school, turns that down, goes to University of San Diego. He's not only a freshman All-American, he was the co-player of the year in the West Coast Conference as a freshman with one Marco Gonzalez out of Fort Collins, Colorado in Rocky Mountain High School. They were the co-players of the year. Marco, of course, was a tremendous pitcher at Gonzaga. His second year, he's an All-American. His junior year, he's an All-American. He wins the Golden Spikes Award, Dick Hauser Award, two uh, awards emblematic of the top player in college baseball. Also, his junior year, his draft year, when the Cubs took him number two, he hit 31 home runs, which once the colleges went to the BB core bat and the minus three bats as opposed to the the bats that (laughs) – we're, you know, like hitting with a little rocket in the past. He had 31 home runs his junior year. That is a record for most home runs by a collegiate player since the bats became more regulated, shall we say. So he's had an unbelievable 
career of success in baseball and academia. And as I said, and you'll hear during this interview, he really is a humble, good guy. I think you'll enjoy getting to know Chris Bryan a little better on our Ideal Home Loans Interview of the Week. Kind of a whirlwind for you. So so we're... Where are you at mentally right now? Is it settled in? You feel like Colorado Rock? You say, okay, this is Scottsdale. I know where I am. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so what's it been? Maybe like a week or so, I think. But yeah, I definitely feel a lot more settled in, um, you know, going through the the media circuit and all that. I'm glad that that's kind of over with. And now it's kind of just focused on getting ready for the season and, and the the baseball side of this thing, which is obviously why we do this so yeah. uh but yeah it, it it does feel real right now putting on the purple every day and and uh, i like what i'm seeing yeah good well <laughs> uh, don't hold it against me because i am going to ask a couple of repetitive type of questions but the the process for you which got interrupted by more than three months because of the cba and the lockout and that sort of thing but what did it ultimately come down to what how did you prioritize where you wanted to be yeah well i mean so free agency before the lockout, um, you kind of had your preliminary meetings and your talks with other teams. And some guys obviously were signing because they wanted to kind of get it out of the way before and have that security and and know exactly what they're doing. But, you know, for me, I, you know, I waited seven years to get to this point. So I didn't want to, you know, make any quick decisions uh, by any means. So I really wanted to kind of wait it out and see, you know, every single option um, that I had and you know for me before the lockout the Rockies were very made it known that they're very interested in me and this goes back obviously to uh, the draft in 2013 and thinking that I was eventually going to be here I didn't think I'd be picked second which I was but the, obviously the Rockies had the third pick I thought that's where I was going and to kind of see this now is really cool um, you know see that I am finally here as a Rocky is awesome but just like this whole free agency it was just prioritizing like you know teams that showed that they really really wanted me from the get-go the Rockies made it known whereas some of the other teams were like oh we got to do this and that and that and you know then we could you know make a run at you type of deal and you know I just didn't want to go that route yeah Chris I'd be remiss I know you've been asked this and people uh, you know, look at the Rockies, and, and as recently as 17 and 18, the Rockies were a postseason team, and I think sometimes people forget that, uh, who've been hard on the Rockies, but, you know, a, a lot of negativity with Nolan leaving, and, and then Trevor uh, obviously leaving as well, and people say, well, that's not going to be a destination for a big star like Chris Bryant, so I, th- I think it caught uh, certainly nationally a lot of people by surprise. How would you respond to uh, you know, those folks, if you will? Um, well, the, the thing, I guess... You know, I don't know Nolan or Trevor's situation, um, you know, very well. But for me, I had the opportunity opportunity to choose where I wanted to play. Whereas those guys, you know, were drafted into the system, and that's that was the only thing they've known. And I guess a lot of parallels with me in Chicago too. It's a lot of, uh, you know, attention there with you know myself leaving Javi leaving Schwarber leaving Rizzo leaving it's all kind of the same thing you know so you know it's always going to be a a bigger a big story when you know the main players do leave but that's the that's the beauty of this game is that there's always someone out there that is you know wants to be on on a certain team and is looking forward to that and 
you know, I'm sure those guys are going to be happy where they are and I'm happy where I am. And, you know, that, that's the greatest thing of getting to this point in my career and fighting so hard to get to free agencies. You get to choose. And um, I chose the Rockies. Yeah, one of the things, KB, that I found uh, interesting because uh, I, I draw my own uh, life experience. I'm from New York originally. I've been in Colorado for 36 years. And I read somewhere where you said my two favorite cities or two of my favorite cities in the country yeah. are Denver and Salt Lake City. And for me, I'm, I'm now, you know, I raised my family in Colorado. I'm a Coloradan and I love Colorado. I always tell people it's like here in Scottsdale, it's just higher elevation and it's always beautiful every day so i thought that was kind of neat so you have some experience beyond just being a big leaguer and rolling into town oh yeah oh yeah tons of scout ball tournaments in in denver flew through the airport so many times seen that horse statue outside (laughs) the airport so many times i don't know what it is but yeah just and then i played a summer um in high school in salt lake city and you see i mean they're both at elevation. I don't know what Salt Lake's at, but they're both very similar in that there's four seasons in the mountains and close to home. And I've always said that those are my two favorite cities. And if I didn't live in Vegas with, with all my family, those would probably be some of the destinations that we'd look at. And it's pretty cool to be able to live in a city now that I really admired from, you know, scout ball to playing there on the road. I've just always loved the city and I'm super excited to make my home there. You know, it's pretty cool, uh, and I know you've been asked this in the past also, but I always marvel at this, having, you know, coached my own boys and seen travel ball and, and seen, you know, seen they, they've played on some, you know, talented teams and seen some other talented teams in Las Vegas specifically. Yeah. And the fact that you and uh, Bryce and Joey Gallo all were in the same town. Now, t- did you all play on the same travel ball team at one point or in a tournament ever together? Um, so I played with Bryce a little bit just because we are closer in age. I think I'm like eight or nine months older than him. And then Joey, I think, is, you know, a little further along. So I played with Bryce. Joey played with Bryce, but I never played with Joey. I played with Joey's older brother. But, um, yeah, baseball in Vegas at that time was kind of like a hotbed for talent. And not just us three. There's a lot of other guys that I work out with in the off season that are, you know, in, in the minors and majors. And it's awesome to see that, that city and how good baseball has been to us. Okay. Did you guys go back to back a few times? I'm sure we did. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was just seeing, cause I can only speak with, I know I played against Joey in high school um, and seeing what he obviously is able to tons of power. And then him pitching on the mound was not, not fun to face. He threw really hard and then playing a little bit of club baseball with Bryce he was a catcher then and he had an absolute cannon for an arm and he would throw it as hard as he can every single time and swing as hard as he can every single time so he, he still does he still does so it's really cool to kind of you know see where we're at now and as we get older and just just look back and reminisce on all those good times what was the attention he got being a close friend of his was that and, and i'm sure you got a great deal of attention uh, but I mean, Sports Illustrated, the whole cover yeah. thing. I mean, was it almost – can you look back now as an adult and go, it's almost unfair he's a kid. Yes, 100%. So <laughs> unfair to him. I mean, being 16 years old on the cover of Sports Illustrated and, and uh, you know, having to go through that that fame at such a young age, you know, could, you'd never know how that's going to affect anybody. And I think he's handled it really well to see how – you know, where he's at now. A lot of people would let that get to their heads and – and they kind of derail your career early on, and he definitely hasn't let that get to him. Was anything embellished? I mean, you're reading about a, a kid 16 hitting 500-foot <laughs> homers in BP, and, you know, he's 95 on the hill. I mean, it was pretty accurate. Uh, 
you know, I have no clue. I really, at, so I played with Bryce when I was probably like 12, 13 years old. Um, he wasn't doing that then, but when right. he got to high school and obviously he, he was a massive kid for a freshman and sophomore in high school, you know, I, I mean, you have to ask him, uh, but he was certainly an amazing baseball player then and still is and going to college at such a, what is he, 16 years old in Juco and winning the Golden Spikes and and getting tossed in Grand Junction, you even get to finish the tournament. <laughs> I do remember <laughs> that, but yeah, I mean, it's just an incredible uh, uh, series of events for him. All right, so I read something, and you tell me if this is accurate or not. In high school, you finished second in your class. Yeah. So you weren't like you know cruising academically. Obviously, you're very bright, and you got after it. And you gave up the salutatorian designation to a fellow student that is accurate um so i guess i i guess it could be worded that way i just one i didn't really have want to give a go up there and give a speech as a salutatorian <laughs> you know <laughs> i feel like you're like first loser there so i didn't want to like <laughs> i wanted to either be valedictorian or i didn't want anything i wanted to win the whole thing but i got one b in high school and um i think the girl who was salutatorian too i mean i was too i guess because i had the second highest gpa i guess right. we tied but uh, no, I just remember her being such a good student, and like um, we were in a lot of classes together. I forget uh, her name, but she was just super focused. And I just um, at the time I was just like, I don't want to give speech one. And then I was going into a final, like I was tinkering with the A minus, and I had to do really well in the final, so I had no clue what if I did well or not. So you had to wait till that came out to figure out if I got an A or a B. And right. If I got a B, I wasn't going to be <laughs> salutatorian, but I ended up getting an A, and I. You know, only one beat through my high school career, but I always took pride in my schoolwork, and you know, I'll be able to pass that along to my kids and let them know, that, hey, that their dad wasn't just a good baseball player, but he took it took it to heart in school too. So here's the competitor quiz. I'm going to ask you: Have you ever talked to that teacher again who gave you the B? <laughs> no, but I know exactly, Mr. Weezer. <laughs> I didn't talk to him. Uh, I don't even know if he's teaching still, but like, Mr. Weezer pre-calculus, I got like an 89.3. And, and he couldn't blow that up? I was trying to figure out a way to make up some extra work or something. But, no, I kind of respect him more for not letting me do it because, hey, I mean, I didn't get an A. I, was, I got a B plus. You obviously didn't see Michael Jordan's uh, induction speech in the Hall of Fame when he still ripped the coach who cut him when he was a sophomore. Yeah, well, there's a different story. It, I, I could respect that because you are you were a competitor and basketball right. for him is all he's done right. baseball for me is all i've done so right. the claws might come out there for baseball but not so much for him. academics is more of a you know play fair there you go more with chris bryant in a moment but uh, first is for ideal home loans if you are buying a home you need to call Ideal Home Loans because they're going to get you the best interest rates possible. And you know it's a whirlwind right now out there. Interest rates are moving. They're going to help you save money. They're going to put you in the best product. So give Brent Ivinson's team a call at 303-867-7000. That's 303-867-7000. I tell you every week, they've been in business for more than 20 years. They've had so many great uh, uh, stories with helping people out in Colorado, also down in Arizona as well. And I think the telltale sign of how good they are and how well-respected they are in the industry is not only their A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, but so many repeat customers 
And I've sent a number of people their way, and they've been thrilled that I have done that for them over the years. So give them a call, 303-867-7000. It's Ideal Home Loans, 303-867-7000. Got to start your day with Boyer's Coffee. It's the best way to start your day. Smooth and perfectly brewed each and every time. Since 1965, they've been brewing in the Rocky Mountain area, uh, not only locally owned and operated, but uh, they've been such a a great member of the community, uh, philanthropic and uh, caring about the environment for years and years. And they have great choices for you if you go to boyerscoffee.com and you can order your coffee online, have it delivered as I do to your house. They got the uh, the K pods, which I use, um, which I think are great. But you know, you can get your coffee any different way. But they have all kinds of other products as well. So I encourage you to go to BoyersCoffee.com and see what's cooking because there's always deals as well that's going to save you some dollars. That's BoyersCoffee.com. Now more with Drew and Chris Bryant. Hey, so USD, you could have gone anywhere, I assume. I, I, I got to imagine everybody recruited you and offered you. How did you end up uh, at, at USD? It was a lot, kind of a lot of um, parallels to my free agency process this year in that USD was freshman year, I think they started recruiting me. Sophomore year is actually when I committed. I had a lot of attention from other schools, but I don't think you, you couldn't go on visits until I think your junior or senior year. So I committed early. Mm-hmm. And one, because it was the coaches let it know let it be known that they really wanted me there and i just remember coach hill there he said you know if, if you come here you're, you're going to play every single game you're not going to sit once you're going to have a full ride scholarship every year and we really really want you here and whereas some of the other schools they'd send out the letter hey we're interested here you know we see you more as a pitcher i wanted to hit i didn't want to pitch like i got a couple letters like ucla clemson you know it was kind of like up in the air whereas usd was like no we want you full ride you're gonna play every game and that made me feel wanted. Did, did you uh, ever contemplate or was the conversation, uh, any conversations about being a two-way guy? Uh, messing maybe in my junior year uh, when our pitchers were struggling a little bit, I let it be known that, hey, I was actually a pretty good pitcher in high school. I can come in and close some games. But looking back on it, I'm glad I didn't because when I pitched, my arm was so sore. I hated right. that feeling, my elbow, my shoulder. I hated waking up. I'm 16 years old, my arm sore. I didn't want to deal with that. So I'm going to put this, Connor didn't really say this, but, uh, you know, so it has nothing to do with Connor. The reason you're a Rocky is Connor Joe is a Rocky, and he's had heavy influence in you being here. <laughs> we, we could go with it. I mean, uh, <laughs> certainly for me, that was just a cherry on top playing with Connor Joe. I, he's just one of my favorite humans to ever walk the planet, and his family is absolutely incredible. Just the nicest guy, I, I think, you know, that I've come across in baseball and you know, getting a chance to play with him again is obviously, you know, something that I'm really looking forward to. You know, it's cool how sometimes personalities and um, character can make its way through the TV screen to people's living rooms. And in the case of Carlos Gonzalez, who I, you got to meet last mm-hmm. week, I believe, and Connor Joe, Rockies fans uh, now, Cargo was here a long time. Mm-hmm. It was a great player. Yeah. Connor Joe, they're just getting to know, but very quickly they realized this is a special dude. Yeah, he is. He really is a uh, special person, one of the hardest workers, you know, I've seen. Going, going back to college, too, just incredibly 
hard worker and in, in what he's gone through in his life too um you know just an amazing story and, and you know it's i'm glad that people are seeing that through this through the tv because he's it's very real he's you know what you see on the tv it's you know a hundred times that in person um, right. just an unbelievable guy character is just like i keep saying i can't say enough good things about yeah. connor joe and and uh, you know I know he's going to do special things in baseball and just in life in general. Yeah, I, I did some intel on you. I know, you, and, and from afar, I know you're a very humble individual. You've had some ridiculous accomplishments in this game. I want to bring up one that I don't know if a lot of people, you know, still ask you about. Your junior year, your draft year, you hit 31 home runs in yeah. college, which is stupid. All right, I'm just <laughs> going to say that it's stupid because you play 50 something games, yeah. 31 home runs, BB core bats. Mm-hmm. Is a, when you rank your MVP, Rookie of the Year, World Series, I mean, all the great things you've done in the game individually and from a team standpoint, where's that one sit? Gosh, yeah, that's, that is, uh, that's way up there. Obviously, winning an MVP is, <laughs> you know, hard to be that. Very yeah. hard to do. And doing it in a year that won a World Series for a team that hadn't won one in 108 years. Like, right. okay, that's hard that's to cher- That's like, cherry. That's, that's number one. Hitting, you know, that junior, my junior year in college, I mean, it's right up there too. Um, you know, the only, the only bad part is, you know, we didn't make it as far as we wanted to as a team, but just me individually going through like, you know, looking back, I mean, being the pressure of, you know, the draft and meeting with scouts all the time and having them in your games and, in like that was such a pivotal year my to get me to where I am now because if you know if it was just mediocre you know you you end up being a you know maybe a end of, end of the first round guy and don't don't get me wrong that's an incredible accomplishment but where my expectations were at that time going into that year was you know top five and that's sure. what that's what I was focused on and I put that pressure on myself every single game in college and to hit as many home runs as I did from the way I did um you know, I, I'm super proud of how I just handled everything in that that moment. Yeah, you ought to be. All right, break down now. You, you've been here a couple of weeks, and, you, and you're getting prepared. And by the way, real quick, because this is abbreviated, how many abs do you need? You've been doing this a while. Yeah. Um, how many abs do you need to get to get ready? Truly, um, I'd say probably like 50, but it might 40, 50. It might be hard to get that this year. But I mean, I've already had, I think, 13 on the backfields which i mean against live vps which is good because you're i mean sometimes in normal spring trainings you're in live vps you're just like tracking pitches and all right i'm gonna go see five pitches you know and then i'm gonna go to the next guy every time i've done a live live vp you know so far it's been all right this is this is game situation this is a count so i've never really approached it that way before in the past and that's been really good for me so far and then i've have a handful in actual games so i'm closing in on 20 and then you know I think towards the end of this thing, if we we all need more, there's plenty of games going on around here and sneak into a couple minor league games and figure it out. But, you know, I'm just happy to be here. I'm committed to a full seven years and I'm not going to let a, you know, a spring train, a shorter spring training derail any of any of that going forward. So, again, I started to ask this. So, you know, you assess your potential teammates from afar and, and having played against them and then now you're you're in the same clubhouse you're working out together every day it's been a couple of weeks yep. um give me your your new assessment if you will yeah uh it's a good team it's a good team there's a lot of weapons here that are very very useful um obviously i played against the rockies last year a lot towards the end of the year with the giants and 
And I said in my interviews too, it's, it's a very underrated pitching staff. I mean, it's hard to pitch in Coors Field, so their numbers are always going to be a little inflated. But the stuff that the staff has is very impressive. And, you know, Freeland, Marquez, Zenzatella, Gomber, and then just the bullpen with the, the amount of velo that's there. There's a lot of stuff there. And so I think if we put it all together and find more ways to win on the road too, that's going to be huge for us. But offensively, it's an unbelievable group of people. Um, so easy to get along with. Uh, Brian McMahon's a stud. Uh, you see what he does defensively. Obviously, he's here for a long time, which I'm super excited about. Rogers is, a, I mean, how old is he? 24, 23. Yeah, good. Oh, good, unbelievable, unbelievable player. CJ Crone is, you know, a dangerous bat every time he can put one over the fence. Uh, Diaz behind the plate. I played against him a lot in the Pirates. I felt like he always raked us. Like, you know, just gonna, you know, find a way to hit the ball hard. But there's such so many weapons here that I think, you know. We're going to surprise some people. Yeah. Well, before I let you get out of here, it was one guy, and I, I ask everybody or a lot of people that I respect about him because, for me, it, I, you have to go from having all you guys are uber talented or you wouldn't even be here. Mm-hmm. A ridiculous amount of talent to having it borne out on a regular basis, and you can look this guy eye to eye, and you don't look many people eye to eye at your size, and that's Sam Hilliard. Yeah. What do you got on Sam? The, the ball sounds different off his bat. Uh, I don't like hitting in the same group as him. <laughs> it's it's a loud batting practice. It's a loud – if he could put it all together, man, he, he could easily hit 30 homers. Easily. Um, you know, and uh, I don't know how old he is, but I, I'm sh- he's still young comparatively. Yeah. I mean, just, just the amount of time he has in the big leagues. And I've noticed in, in – I came up and had a lot of success early on, but I still was learning a lot along the way that's made me, uh, you know, a better player, a better – just better approach at the plate and i think he's at that point in his career and you know i'm looking for big things from him this year yeah he seems to be in good place man. yeah he, he's uh, like i said that ball sounds different off his bat yeah and you seem to be in a good place yeah yeah i'm good i just i'm happy this all this is is, is behind behind me i know where i'm going to be for a long time and i can you know put some roots in the ground and get going hey good luck to you stay healthy thank appreciate you. it thank you appreciate it So big thanks to Chris Bryant. I hope he goes out naturally and uh, has a fabulous year, his first year in purple pinstripes. He's excited, as you could hear, uh, to be with the Rockies. And uh, he'll be in left field on a daily basis. A couple other notes before we uh, bid you farewell on this edition of the Drew Goodman podcast. Ezekiel Tovar. What a spring training he's had for the future Rocky shortstop. As of this taping, he's hitting 550 with three home runs, including a, a home run pretty much to dead center field that I witnessed uh, a few days ago. So this is a kid that's coming quickly. He's got a big league glove already, and he's got more bat than uh, – I think people realized a couple of years ago when they were making projections on Ezekiel Tovar. Also, the other name, there was a few other names in addition to Austin Gomber that came in the Nolan Arenado deal that was, you know, panned almost universally in baseball is that the Rockies didn't get enough in return. And only time will tell uh, if they did. But Elris Montero, big, strong corner infielder who a couple of years ago was the MVP of the Midwest League when he was still playing in the Cardinals chain. And then he had a down year and he went through some things. 
he has shown himself really well this spring. In fact, I saw him hit a Titanic home run uh, a couple of days ago against the Cubs on the road over at their complex. He's in better shape, quite frankly, than he was a year ago. And uh, he's a guy that is a legitimate power bat. And he is also someone that could crack the big league roster at some point this year. Probably won't happen initially, but it could happen at some point. In the case of the aforementioned Tovar, probably a year or so, maybe two years down the road for Tovar. But I did want to mention uh, those two guys, and I know I've talked a little bit about them in the past, but they have shown up well among uh, the young future Rockies. All right, as we uh, bid you farewell for this edition of our podcast, I want to thank all of you because, you know, we throw out there, hey, tell your friends about what we do here and, and uh, you know, download and, and maybe mention it to some folks. Well, you guys have because uh, our numbers uh, have increased tremendously over the last month or two. And so I wanted to thank all of you for listening and uh, for being a uh, loyal followers and for sharing uh, your affection, if I may say, for, for what we do here with uh, some of your friends. So thanks very much. Also, a reminder to do the same thing for Patrick Lyons and the DNVR Rockies podcast. They crank out material and good stuff every day of the week, and uh, they have every team covered in uh, Colorado as well with DNVR. So make sure you download uh, their stuff also. Next week, when we tee it up, it will be for real as we will be on the eve of the start of the 2022 season. Amazing. That'll do it from Scottsdale, Arizona. Talk to you in a few days, everybody. Stay well. Take care.